0: The topic today is the State of the Nation's Credit Unions, and we're privileged to be speaking with Gigi Highland, board member of the National Credit Union Administration. Gigi, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: So happy to join you, Tom. Thanks for the invitation.
0: Gigi, as I was looking over your biography this morning, it occurred to me that you you took office just about three years ago, so I want to say happy three-year anniversary. You've got three to go. Thank you. How would you say that the job has met or exceeded your expectations so far?
1: Well, it certainly has exceeded my expectations. It's a true honor and privilege to serve credit unions in my current capacity as a board member of the National Credit Union Administration. Um, It certainly has been a a time of significant um, events and changes, and there there are many highlights of my tenure that um, I think have been um, indicative of the times that we've lived in. Certainly most recently, working with my fellow board members to protect the safety and soundness of credit unions and the shares of their members during this financial crisis has been a preeminent consideration. I think that's evidenced by the very uh, large effort that the agency has done to promote federal share insurance, not only through the webinar that I hosted, but also through the Share Insurance Toolkit, which is available on our website at ncua.gov. Spearheading the use of actually webinar technology at the agency to communicate with credit unions and the public on regulatory issues has been uh, a personal pleasure, and also I think that we found it to be very useful, so that credit unions, uh, credit unions and their staff can multitask, can participate and learn about what's going on at the agency, but can also uh, stay in their offices and and do their day day job. Um, Chairing the Outreach Task Force effort and working with that group within NCUA to produce our report and working with the board to implement some of the recommendations has also been a highlight of my tenure so far. And then I guess last but not least, you know, meeting with NCUA regional office staff, including examiners uh, every year to identify key examination concerns and internal issues facing the agency has really gone a long way to... Uh, Help me understand the dynamics of all of the issues and how they impact the agency and how they impact credit unions
0: Well Gigi it occurs to me that you know we're watching history be made daily sometimes by the hour Given the global economic conditions and everything that's happening in, in the banking industry. What is the state of the nation's credit unions?
1: You know Tom overall credit unions have fared very well during this economic crisis Um, They are not immune to the ripple effect of the crisis, but if you look at uh, some of the numbers, you'll see that the majority are very well positioned to handle the issues that are facing our nation's financial services system. They go in with about 11% uh, capital, and they built that capital in good times, and it's, it's, uh, it's helping them out to have those strong capital levels as they see uh, certainly some increases in delinquency, not only in auto loan delinquency, but also in real estate loan delinquency that they haven't seen for a long time. Um, Having said that, I think credit unions in a lot of communities are being turned to by consumers as lenders um, who are still lending, who are still providing credit and uh, borrowing needs members for loans like small business loans, auto loans, and home loans, where a lot of other lenders um, have been challenged to continue to provide that lending because of the credit crisis.
0: Well, it's interesting because, of course, credit unions come up in the conversation all the time as potentially benefiting and growing from the economic crisis. And I spoke to a credit union conference out in Las Vegas last month and encountered one union that had received 500 new members in the previous three weeks as the bad news about banks sort of took its toll. What do these credit unions have to do to succeed at winning these new members and deposits that might be fleeing the banks or the markets?
1: I think credit unions need to stick to the basics that they've always done. You know, credit unions, in large part, have not suffered the ramifications of the subprime mortgage crisis because they lent according to time-tested principles. They knew their members, they knew the consumer, they understood the collateral uh, and the value of that collateral, and they understood the member's capacity to repay. Those three hallmarks of good lending have been practiced by credit unions um, throughout this this time, and I think we're seeing the benefits of that today, where, again, consumers in most credit unions aren't positioned with uh, loans that are that are upside down. Now, I don't want to leave the impression that it, everything is rosy, because certainly in markets like Florida, Nevada, um, California, where the real estate values have, have turned upside down, credit unions in those areas certainly are experiencing... Um, much more difficulty in terms of delinquencies because they may have members who received a first mortgage that is an adjustable rate mortgage or that was an Alt-A type of mortgage. And if a credit union is in a home equity position, a second position, credit unions are having to work through with their members what that means for the member in terms of um, helping them not use their home and helping those members not to go into foreclosure.
0: Now you've had a number of institutions that have failed this year. I'm assuming that real estate has sort of been the common threat among them.
1: You know, actually that's not a correct assumption. It, interestingly enough, you, I think you'll, you'll have seen on our website that there's been a great deal of guidance that we've issued on due diligence and so the credit unions that we found that have been conserved recently or have run into difficulties, we've really found that it's been a lack of due diligence um, that has caused the the sort of systematic um, issues at those credit unions. And what I mean by due diligence is a um, a failure to take into account all of the risks associated with implementation implementation of new programs. And um, to put it in a in a very sort of layman's analogy, sort of flying before you crawl, and those credit unions that we've seen uh, have difficulties really have not taken new programs slowly. They haven't looked at the program, measured the risk, monitored the risk, and sort of gone into these programs slowly. They've gone into them full bore, and um, when everything that could go wrong, in fact, did go wrong, it was the credit union, regrettably, that got left holding the bag, so to speak. And so what the agency has done is it's made a very big push, um, not only at the policy level but also at the examination level, to really talk with credit unions about common sense approaches to due diligence when credit unions are dealing with an outside um, third-party vendor or they're considering implementing a new product or service. You know, credit unions absolutely need to partner with outside entities in order to be um, responsive to member needs. But in doing so, they need to exercise that level of common sense and go into things methodically and be able to understand the risk and to measure the risk and accommodate their business plan accordingly so that um, the risk don't uh, don't overtake, in fact, the value of the product or service that they're trying to implement.
0: And of course, consumer confidence has been on everybody's minds, and I know that all the institutions are getting questions as fundamental as, is my money safe? What are the questions that your member unions are hearing most frequently and what are the answers that the institutions are offering to help to bolster this consumer confidence?
1: They're mostly share insurance related questions. Um, Let me give you an example. Prior to the IndyMac failure, NCUA would receive about 200 calls per month on our consumer helpline and after um, IndyMac was was taken over, we had 3,000 calls in one week. We actually averaged about 1,900 calls per week in September, and um, those calls are coming in not only to NCUA here at the central office, but into our regional offices, and certainly at credit unions as well. And that's why the agency felt it was so important to put together a very um, clear, easy-to-understand share insurance toolkit on our website that's really useful not only to credit unions, but more importantly, I think, to consumers. Uh, you may have seen the ad campaign that we've, that we've run in a variety of key media outlets um, that tells consumers that their funds are insured up to the new $250,000 limit. Um, as I indicated, we held a webinar on October the 7th that provided the very basics of share insurance coverage and provided um, a PowerPoint presentation that credit unions can use to really make sure they understand account coverage and can explain it to their members. And on top of that, we have uh, have a series of frequently asked questions that were posed during that webinar that we've put in a Word document, we've given the answers, and again, that's um, going to be available to members. And, you know, just to let you know, we actually should be posting that archived webinar with all of the supplemental information within the next day or two, so that resource will also be available to credit unions. And, you know, the, the push within the last eight weeks, Tom, has really been to to make consumers understand that their accounts at um, federally insured credit unions are insured equally to accounts that they might have at uh, institutions which are insured by the FDIC uh, so that folks really understand that and can have some confidence that, that their money is safe and secure.
0: Very good. Now, budgets are tight. Certainly, resources are scarce. What do you see as being the economic impact on risk management and regulatory compliance, the things that institutions really can afford not to pay attention to?
1: Well, I think, again, due diligence is probably a, a key um, going now and also going forward. I think uh, the allowance for loan loss funding is going to be critical in the coming months because, as I indicated, uh, while delinquencies are not enormously high, they are, they are going up. We've seen them go up um, throughout 2008, and I think credit unions need to be mindful of that. I think credit unions need to be mindful of managing appropriately and humanely the collection functions within their organization. Um, and then, last but not least, I think you're right. The economy um, is, is not in a good situation. There certainly aren't any predictions that it will get better anytime soon. So, credit unions are going to have to um, understand how to work within fairly small margins and still be responsive to member member needs which is no no easy feat.
0: In terms of regulatory compliance, Gigi, do do examiners bear the economy in mind when they're out examining institutions? Is, is there any sort of a, very much a, a break, I guess? Does anyone get a break in these times?
1: <laughs> you know, very much so. And I, you know, if, if there's anything that I've heard within the three years, and I certainly used to complain about it when I was an attorney in private practice representing credit unions, is that, You know, the regulatory burden on all institutions, including credit unions, continues to increase. And I think the agency tries to be very mindful of um, putting in place regulations or amending regulations to respond to safety and soundness considerations, but also to be mindful of the flexibility that credit unions need in order to do business. As you probably know, we review one-third of our regulations every year, and we do that primarily with a mind to... um, keeping keeping those regulations as flexible as possible and as responsive to the circumstances that we're seeing within the within the marketplace and within the economy.
0: So we've got a big one coming up, Saturday, November 1st. That's the, uh, the deadline for compliance with the identity theft red flags rule. How prepared are the federally chartered credit unions for compliance with this rule?
1: I think they're very prepared. I mean, they've had quite a while to to uh, get into compliance, uh, you know, a year, year, a little bit more than a year, and we've just issued guidance to our examiners on what to look for um, as it relates to compliance, and frankly, the examiners are going to be having a dialogue with credit unions, you know, to come into compliance and to put adequate plans and controls in place. Like any new regulation, you know, examiners and credit unions have to have um, a dialogue on what's actually happening within the credit union what the compliance requirements are and how uh, credit unions can best um, meet the the, the spirit of those those requirements.
0: Now, when will those examination guidelines be shared with the credit unions? I haven't seen those publicly issued yet.
1: They should be issued probably within the next week or two, if I understand it. Normally, you know, we issue to our examiners and then we repackage it. In a letter to credit unions, and um, I can certainly get back to you on that. But normally we repackage mm-hmm. it within about a week or two.
0: Now, ever since the Federal Trade Commission came out last week and said that it wasn't going to be enforcing its, its deadline for compliance for another six months for state chartered credit unions, my phone's been ringing off the hook. I can't imagine what you're hearing from credit unions.
1: Well, we certainly have have had uh, various letters and emails urging the agency to also delay its compliance date. Um, The agency does not feel that that's appropriate, that, again, given the the amount of time that uh, credit unions were given to comply with this. And, frankly, the importance of this particular rule, um, we we believed it was appropriate to continue with the original compliance date.
0: Now, earlier this year, Gigi, you came out in one of your webinars, and you talked about the NCUA's call for improved vendor management. How have the credit unions responded to that that call-out?
1: You know, credit unions have responded fairly positively. Um, the webinar that we held was, uh, I think, the end of January, early February of this year. And, again, we tried to lay out, because this was a fairly new topic, try to lay out some of the basic common sense um, issues that examiners would be looking for. And in the speeches that I've given for most of 2008, I focused a lot on, on vendor due diligence and vendor management. And the, the dialogue has been very robust with credit unions. Um, I think one thing that's very helpful is that we issued the actual questionnaire that examiners utilize when they go into a credit union to look at this issue. So it, it really lists all of the considerations that an examiner is going to be thinking about. And that means that credit unions have a, an, an inside look into the examiner's head when the examiner comes and asks about due diligence. And again, I think that lays a groundwork for very robust dialogue. And frankly, I've encouraged our credit unions to... To really engage in that dialogue, to to look at who they're using as outside vendors, to um, review the relationships from a risk perspective, to document their efforts, and if they feel that what they're doing is appropriate for the level of risk that that vendor um, may uh, may pose to the institution, then you know to either agree or disagree with the examiner. So it really is meant to be a dialogue because it's the credit union that's in the best position to know. What is the credit union strategic plan? Who does it need help from to implement that plan in terms of third-party vendors? And how does it go forward best to manage those third-party vendors so that that strategic plan um, comes to life?
0: Now, just a quick follow-up to that. Given what you've seen come back from examiners, do you have a sense of what credit unions are doing particularly well and where they need additional help in vendor management?
1: I think credit unions um, are doing particularly well in that they've embraced this issue. I think they understand the issue that we're not saying don't partner; we're saying partner, but go, you know, go slowly, take it a step at a time, really understand what you're getting into. There's not um, there is not the the holy grail of a one percent return on assets anymore, and I think from the agency's perspective, that, that that's a real breakthrough for credit unions and for the agency to say, you know, credit unions, it's not all about getting a 1% return on assets. It's about making sure that your strategic plan going forward is responsive to members and it manages risk appropriately. Um, And I think in terms of what credit unions could do better on risk management, I think it's the the slowing down that we'd like to see. I think we'd really like to see credit unions take it a step at a time. If you're launching a new product or service, you know, try it out a little bit first. Don't go full bore um, and I know I've used that expression a couple of times, don't go full bore into it um, just to get the, the income from it because what we've found is those credit unions that have, um, when everything has gone wrong, again, those credit unions uh, have wound up in conservatorship. So that's, that's the, uh, I think that's the best uh, advice, if you will, or, or a view of vendor due, due, vendor due diligence that I can give
0: you. So you're probably about two months ahead from doing your next big webinar talking about the, uh, the issues of the year. What do you see as being the top two or three challenges for credit unions as they go into 2009?
1: I think we actually touched on them a little bit, uh, Tom. Again, because of the you know the increase in delinquencies that we're seeing, credit unions need to be very mindful of the allowance to loan loss and how they reserve appropriately for that um, knowing that margins are going to be sweet, squeezed because of the economy, credit unions need to be mindful that they need to manage and be responsive to members' needs in a very, very tight economic uh, situation. Um, you know, obviously vendor due diligence is, is out there. And then I think managing appropriately the collection functions as we talked about so that uh, you're, you're doing the best service that you can to the members while appropriately protecting the credit union's interest and trying to balance those, those two challenges.
0: So in terms of your role, I'm guessing that 2011 is going to get here even faster than 2008 did. What do you want to accomplish in your remaining three years uh, in that role?
1: Um, you know, interestingly enough, let me just look at 2009 coming up. As you know, 2009 is the 75th anniversary of the Federal Credit Union Act, and um, I'm going to be hosting in June of next year a symposium uh talking about the Federal Credit Union Act and really what the next 75 years might be for credit unions, and I think that will provide a good forum for dialogue on issues that credit unions have been wrestling with for a long time, Um, perhaps secondary capital, um, field of membership, certainly, and then uh, modernization of the Federal Credit Union Act in terms of what credit unions would like to see um, the Federal Credit Union Act look like. And uh, on top of that, you know, I think for 2009, the challenge will be to manage through this economy appropriately and to issue uh, and to regulate just as much as is needed without being overbearing and and hamstringing credit unions in their ability to serve uh, all of their members. I think from there, you know, the challenges going forward, particularly in light of dialogue on regulatory consolidation and issuance of new regulations to perhaps address some of the faults that people uh, see in the system that may have caused the economic crisis. I think that will be a challenge going forward for NCUA um, in the coming years, to to have a robust conversation about why the Federal Credit Union Charter exists, its place in today's economy and its value in today's economy and um, how how that charter should go forward into the future. And um, I think, certainly, I'm speaking for Gigi Hyland now, not be homogenized into just uh, another type of federal charter. I think that dialogue has to go forward. I, I think the agency will play a key role in that.
0: Safe to say it's going to be an adventure?
1: Very much so. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Gigi, thank you so much for your time and your insight today.
1: You're so welcome, Tom. Thanks again for the help.
0: We've been talking with Gigi (laughs) Hywin, board member, NCUA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.